on today's episode of the Yoga 360 Podcast. Come to the top of your mat. Stand with your feet hip width apart. Find a long, tall spine. Soften the back of your neck. Let your arms hang heavy at your sides and face your palms gently forward. This is the Yoga 360 Podcast. We bring you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you live your best life. We connect with students, teachers, and experts from the community to both educate and have fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I am Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Eaney. Tonight is another shorter posture-based episode, and that posture tonight is going to be mountain pose. Yeah, mountain pose, tadasana, also sometimes called samashtiti. How do you like that? Okay, found something (laughs) out today that I didn't before. Surprise! (laughs) So what is mountain pose, Karen? So mountain pose... And I think I'm just going to say it like I'm teaching it. This is what we usually do. Yeah, take take us into it. Yeah, I'd say uh, come to the top of your mat. Stand with your feet hip width apart. Find a long, tall spine. Soften the back of your neck. Let your arms hang heavy at your sides and face your palms gently forward. And that's about it. And then we can refine it from there in many, many ways. But essentially, you're just standing straight upright with your arms at your sides. That's mountain pose. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think I'm very experienced in mountain pose but i know i've done it a lot because it's just kind of standing there right absolutely and it's been sort of i don't want to say a throwaway posture but one i didn't think much about in the past but um, in doing this training lately we've talked about it a lot because in order to do mountain pose really really well you actually need to engage a lot of muscles in your body and find a lot of stability and all those actions carry to literally every other posture in the class. Okay, so that's one of the questions I was going to be asking you is, um, so what's it targeting? So it targets a lot. And honestly, in my body, I find that it targets my compensations or weaknesses. So one of the things I tend to do is backbend a lot, uh, probably because I have a back injury and probably also because my core is not as strong as it could be. Um, so I tend to backbend in it. So for me in mountain pose, the work is to tuck my belly button back into my spine and to bring my lower ribs a little closer to the tops of my pelvis uh, and make sure I'm not splaying forward and to really root my sit bone and my tail, my sit bones and my tailbones down towards my mat. That's the work in mountain pose for me. And lo and behold, as I move through my practice in warrior two and all these other postures that should not have a backbend in them, my tendency is to place a backbend in there as well. So I have to do the exact same things to make sure I'm not backbending. I have to engage my core, tuck my belly button into my spine, root my tailbone down, and it's the exact same action that I practice in Tadasana. The only difference is in Tadasana, in mountain pose, I don't have anything else to worry about. I'm not squatting. I'm not in warrior two. I'm not trying to align my hips because they're already aligned. Um, So it takes a lot of the complications out and really just lets you focus on learning to align your body really well. So the compensations and the weaknesses that you were just talking about there, is that something that that you'd be doing naturally? Yeah, and I think all of us do to a certain point. Like in a really difficult pose? 
Yeah, in a yeah. really difficult pose or even throughout our day, um, you know, because I have my back injury, sometimes I'll just notice I'm standing at the desk at the studio typing something and I'll notice I've got a huge back bend going on and it's not optimal for my body. Um, if you've had a knee injury in the past, maybe for you, you tend to say it's your right knee that's injured. Maybe you put more pressure in your left leg when you're standing all the time, unless you're consciously making an effort to even it out. And that's fine. That's not necessarily going to cause you an injury. But what it does do, if, again, in that example, if you're weighting down really heavy into your left foot um, to sort of compensate for discomfort in the right knee, your hips are going to go out a little, your pelvis might go out a little, it's going to lead up to maybe some spine misalignments. And it's this like house of cards or domino effect, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that Tadasana, because it's such a simple pose, it is essentially just standing there (laughs) if you really want to break it down. Um, But mindfully, that's going to give you the opportunity to see what compensations do I have in my body? What am I doing here? Could my feet be more equally grounded when I'm just standing here? Could my shoulders be more relaxed? Could my uh, could I have more space across my collarbone? Um, all these things get illuminated when you're in a posture that has such beautiful simplicity to it. Okay, so it seems really foundational. Super foundational, right? right? Yeah. And can, uh, can be used as like a reset, like in, in, in between certain postures and like a flow. Yeah, right. yeah. I like to put it in there a lot. Um, it's also a great posture for you to take, um, say you're in the middle of a standing series in a class and it doesn't feel appropriate to come down to child's pose or lie on your back. Mountain pose is a great option for you. You're still mindfully on your mat. You're still in your body. You're still doing yoga. The only difference is you're taking a posture that's more appropriate for you. Um, and if you want to throw it back to my body and a back injury, it's work for me to stand with a straight spine. That is okay. work. It yeah. takes effort. I'm not doing nothing, just standing there. I'm mindfully finding that good alignment and creating best practices in my body. Because if I've spent a lot of time hanging out in mountain pose and making sure that I'm not finding a giant back bend in that, I'm going to more intrinsically do it in my daily life, uh, unconsciously do it in my daily life because I've practiced it so much on my mat. Mm-hmm. Is there any chest opening that happens with it? Kind of, just kind of the way that you're bringing your palms kind of forward, and is that? Yeah, and I think I know the, you can exaggerate it. Absolutely, and some traditions you would on purpose. Um, I think it would depend a lot on the person. For myself, my shoulders, uh, my collarbone, chest, front has never really been a super tight, angry area, so I don't feel it there. But what about you? When you do mountain pose really mindfully, if you put your shoulders back and your hands face gently forward, how does that feel in your shoulders? I think it feels really good in my shoulders, actually, because just that that forward rotation of really opening it up kind of has a lot of benefit, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I talk about it a lot when I'm teaching, but when we're stressed, we round up like little anteaters, little armadillos. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is an opportunity to just open again (laughs) yeah bring your shoulders back like breathe into your back ribs and then pull the shoulder points like the heads of your shoulder points back and really find that space so much space and length and then learn it in mountain pose so that you can do it in any other posture you can do it in warrior two you can do it in chair you can do it in a squat anything because you've already done it in a really pure simple posture yeah take that element of that pose and kind of make it work in another pose kind of thing, Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. So what is it similar to? 
it's similar to just standing there, really. (laughs) Um, But it's the mindfulness that makes it important. You will find um, some different approaches to it depending on the tradition uh, you're practicing, maybe depending on the tradition your teacher is trained in or what their intention is in class that day. Um, So sometimes you'll be told feet together. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes you'll be asked hip. Uh, feet hip width apart. Um, some traditions will ask you to put a little bit of a back bend in it. Some traditions will ask you to have your arms overhead in mountain pose. Um, some will ask you to really mindfully have your gaze towards the tip of your nose. That's one of the drishtis you can find. Okay. Um, some will ask you to close your eyes. So there's, I, I don't want to say it's similar to any other posture per se, but there's so many variations in it that it's not necessarily always going to be the same. So are there any contraindications to this pose or reasons why anybody should not be doing it? Not a ton. If you're in a body which today is having difficulty standing, then obviously not going to be a great posture for you. But, you know, there are modifications. You can practice mindfully lying on your back and engaging the same muscles. That works. Um, one thing you've mentioned before, I know, was maybe if you're lightheaded or dizzy, it's not going to be great for you. And that, that could be true. Um, but if that's happened to you, I would, in, I would suggest that you try it first anyway, if, if that feels right for the level of mm-hmm. dizziness you're experiencing. And a couple suggestions I would have for you would be to keep your eyes open and focus on a spot that isn't moving. So maybe a water bottle on the ground in front of you or a point in the mirror at the front of the room. Um, and my second piece of advice would be trying to um, really tighten your glutes, your bum muscles, because... <laughs> I'm doing that right now. Uh, right? <laughs> Sometimes this can redirect some of the blood flow and get things going again and might help you. Uh, yes. Sometimes, yeah. maybe. Um, another suggestion I would have would just be breathe really slowly and calmly and know that this too will pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in through your nose, kind of. Yeah, in your through mouth. your nose, out through your mouth, or honestly, whatever is feeling right for you in that moment. I want to engage. Uh, diaphragmatic breathing more 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 belly breathing sure depending on the practice and the class and what the teacher is suggesting that's an option as well but if you're in a yoga class and you are approaching a place of anxiety or panic because you feel dizzy or nauseous then honestly what might be right for you is just to do what your body's telling you to do and if that's standing there and only breathing through your mouth or only breathing through your nose then you heard it here. I think it's okay to disregard your teacher in that sense and do what's coming to you because you know how to breathe. You're, you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. I, I promise. Um, so whatever breath your brain is telling you to do might be right for your body in that moment, no matter what your teacher is suggesting. Any variations for this posture? I mean, it depends how uh, precious you want to be with the word variation, because really some people consider half moon a variation of mountain pose, you know, so you're standing up straight. Your spine is really straight. You shouldn't be backbending. Your chest should be really, really open. The only difference is that you're bending to the side and getting a side stretch. (laughs) I wish we had video because I just had like a really puzzled look on my face. He did. And I cocked my head to the side. I'm like, "Hmm, what? You sure, Karen? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So some people would consider that a variation or even just like a standing back bend might be variation. Um, So I don't want to say that these are... Variations feels like the wrong word for me, Uh, but there's so many ways that you can take 
Tadasana and make slight modifications because, again, think about half moon. That's a pretty simple way to get a side stretch, especially if you stop, stand straight, tuck your belly button into your spine, lengthen your tailbone down, be broad through the collarbones with your arms above your head, and then go over like an inch at a time. Go up and go over like an inch at a time. You're still in doing all those things you had to do to mindfully practice mountain pose, and you're carrying those things with you. And let me know what happens to you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to get a different depth of the posture if you're really mindfully carrying those lessons from Tadasana into your half moon posture. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And and it's been kind of eye-opening for me practicing like this lately, thinking about this, um, the principles in Tadasana and carrying that to every posture has been super cool. So I would encourage you to do the same thing in your practice. Okay, excellent. Learned, uh, learned quite a bit today, Karen. <laughs> Awesome. I know it feels like a really simple posture, but there's so much to say. Um, I do also want to say that, you know, in some traditions, you'll see even more variations like in Ashtanga. I think sometimes they practice up on their toes. They practice mountain pose. Um, Yeah. And you'll even find this in like gymnastics traditions, things like that. So you will find lots of different variations. Um, Talk to your teacher. And if your teacher maybe is just saying mountain pose, maybe chat with them after class because it could just be that they want to leave that open for you. Um, so for you, I know you want your feet hip width apart. And if my purpose in teaching Tadasana in that class is to give you a home base to come back to you throughout your practice, then I don't want to mess with it too much. I'm not going to tell you to put your feet together. So maybe talk to your teacher after class, get their idea about Tadasana, get their opinions on Tadasana about those um, small differences that you might be finding Uh, depending on which teacher is teaching it. Chat with your teacher, see what they think you should be doing and find the Tadasana pose that works for you. Uh, But at the end of the day, just practice everything mindfully, every breath, every movement, even just standing still at the top of your mat. Okay, excellent. And for anybody out there that wants us to do any specific pose, posture, or sequence, just let us know. Yeah, we'd love to do that for you. And keep your eyes peeled online for a video to go along with this. All right, excellent. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Have a good night.